0: In today's show, I'll be breaking down the latest Bitcoin technical analysis and breaking news just in. Check this out. President of Colombia met with Samson Mao to discuss how Colombia can adopt Bitcoin as a legal tender. Let's go. And also breaking news. Asset manager Panda joins the Bitcoin spot ETF line filing with the SEC today. They are now... Application number 13, and their firm is out of Texas. And quoting Max Kaiser, Bukele Nomics forges a path forward for states who also embrace a Bitcoin standard. It's got radical transparency and accountability and also recognizes the benefits of subsidizing and maintaining the public domain. Also breaking news, Mr. Rat Poison Squared himself, Charlie Munger, has officially died at age 99. We're also going to be discussing Jack Dorsey wanting to decentralize Bitcoin mining with a brand new investment. We're also going to be sharing Clear the Runway, open for all Bitcoin ETF approvals in January, according to the Top ETF analysts will also be discussing spot Bitcoin ETFs have almost $100 million in assets under management in Brazil, led by the Hashdex offering. Also in today's show, billionaire uh, Peter Thiel, he predicts Bitcoin to 100x to $4 million per coin. We'll also be taking a look at the overall crypto market, all this plus so much more in today's show. Net. Today is podcast episode number 1476. I'm your host, JV, and today is November 29th, 2023. Just one more day of Moonvember until we hit December, and you already know January, we got some ETF deadlines. And then April, the block subsidy halving for 2024 is going to be lit, to say the least. But let's kick it off as we do each and every day with... Our market watch. You should be able to see Coin 360 on your screen. It shows you Bitcoin and the rest of the alts are currently correcting and in the red, but maintaining around the 38,000 level, just shy. Currently sitting at 37,882. Yesterday, we almost retested the local high for the past 18 months, which is 38,5. We hit about 38,3 and then we got pushed back down under 38. We have Ether still trading above 2,000. Uh, as xrp cardano and bnb are all correcting and in the red and checking out coinmarketcap.com the current crypto market cap sits at 1.42 trillion dollars with 55 billion in volume in the past 24 hours up 20 percent and the bitcoin dominance is at 52.1 percent with the ether dominance at 17.2 percent and checking out the top 100 crypto gainers of the past 24 hours we have iota massively leading the pack, up 54% on the day, trading just under $0.27, cents, followed by Terra Classic USD, up 22%, trading at $0.5.4, cents, followed by Block Stacks, up 5%, trading just under $0.75. Cents. Now, which altcoins, if any, are you most bullish on for this bull run? Please let me know in the comments right down below. And checking out Crypto Bubbles so we can see a broader perspective of the current altcoin market. You can see the majority of the alts are correcting and in the red. I by- Iota is uh, blowing up up 54% and zooming out for the weekly we got more in the green clearly the majority and uh, you know some nice gains as well and if we zoom out for the month virtually everything is in the green with pretty substantial gains even ftt scam coin up 208% and only a handful in the red which includes hex ehex and Bitcoin Cash. And checking out the Crypto Greed and Fear Index, one of my favorite indicators. It shows we're currently rated a 72, which is greed. Yesterday was a 68. Last week, a 62. And last month, a 68 in greed. So there you have it, my crypto fam. How many of you are currently bullish on the King Crypto? Please do let me know. And with that being shared, let's check out the Bitcoin price action. We call that, what do we say here? That's astrology for men. So let's break this down. Check out the charts where the Bitcoin price action is likely to go next. Right here, Bitcoin shrank back from resistance after the November 29th Wall Street Open as the U.S. GDP figures beat expectations. Right here, you're looking at the Bitcoin one-hour candle chart. Now, data from Coin Telegraph followed a familiar Bitcoin price retracement on the short time frames. The bulls had managed to propel the market above 38,000 the day prior. I think we hit 38,3 only to flip-flop around that level before ultimately dropping as the U.S. macro data hit. This shows quarter three GDP accelerating beyond the anticipated levels, coming in at 5.2% versus 4.9%. This renewed concerns over how the Federal Reserve might handle policy ahead of an interest rates decision in mid-December, quoting the Kabisi letter here. 5.2% is the final reading. It will mark the highest GDP growth since quarter four of 2022. Uh, now, can the Fed achieve a soft landing? What are your thoughts, fam? Let me know. Kabisi referenced words from Bill Bill Ackman, the CEO and founder of hedge fund Pershing Square Capital Management, who the day prior had gone on record to predict the Fed rate pivot as soon as quarter one, 2024. Quitting him here yesterday, Bill Ackman bet on a hard landing with rate cuts beginning in quarter one. Now, currently, futures don't see rate cuts beginning until June of 2024. And according to data from the CME Group's Fed Watch tool, it showed marginally increasing bets on a further hike in December. Following following the GDP release, with further key data due November 30th, which is tomorrow, Thursday. The odds of a hike stood at 4.2% at the time of this Recording. Now, meanwhile, analysts continue acting in a familiar style from the recent days as far as the price action. Bulls still fail to crack a key resistance beginning at 38.5. That's the line in the sand we need to smash, and then we're heading onwards and upwards, just FYI. Despite some being confident that an assault on 40,000 would ultimately result, no. HH or breakout confirmation yet, referring to a higher high, eyeing a sweep of 37.3 area and a higher low setup for the higher high, according to popular trader Sku, as he shares here on X, Bitcoin with the four-hour chart, no higher higher breakout confirmation yet, eyeing a sweeping of 37.3 area and a higher low setup. For the higher high let me know if you agree or disagree and we also have dan crypto trade suggesting a period of flatter bitcoin price performance could now enter before a fresh bout of upside volatility quoting dan here price took out some liquidity above and below would not surprise me to see some more sideways chop for both sides to build up more positions before the next bigger move. Let me know if you agree or disagree with the sentiment. And an accompanying chart showed the liquidity for Bitcoin on the largest global exchange, Binance, eyeing potential downside opportunities. Crypto analysts, Mikalvinde, pop, flagged a range between 33 and 35,000, which is a popular zone based upon the liquidity. Quoting the analyst here, markets are consolidating, giving opportunities. Still no breakout of Bitcoin above. Thirty-eight thousand. If we continue to make higher lows, higher highs, a breakout seems to be happening soon. Structure loss, buying at thirty-three to thirty-five thousand. So there you have it, my crypto fam. Let me know if you agree or disagree with this sentiment from the analysts. also like to point out, like clockwork, the mystery whale adds an additional six hundred and twelve point five Bitcoin to their balance this morning for a total of eleven thousand five BTC. And a quick shout out out to Krista Donnelly. I appreciate you sending your very first super chat ever and supporting the show. It means a lot. So massive shout out. Appreciate the love, my fam. But back here, as you can see, this is the sixth straight day of adding over 500 BTC. So who is this mystery whale? Who do you think, fam? And oddly enough, in the middle of last night, they added a single TX of 3,817 sets for $1.45. So what's up with this mystery let me know. Could this be a massive institution such as a BlackRock buying Bitcoin? Let me know what your thoughts are. And also check this out. Major news. Shout out to Samson Mao. The president of Colombia met with Samson Mao and Jan 3 to discuss how Colombia can adopt Bitcoin. Let's freaking go. You already know how massive this would be. I've actually lived in Colombia. I lived in Medellin for six months, a few years back, and I had a great time there. I think this would be massive for adoption of Bitcoin. Clearly, you got Samson Mao making some big moves, helping usher in this Bitcoin adoption. He's working with some of the leaders in Mexico and in Africa and all around the world making big moves. So let's go. In which country do you feel will likely adopt Bitcoin next as the legal tender? Could it be Argentina? Could it be Brazil? May it be Colombia? What are your thoughts, fam? Let me know. Also, breaking news, asset manager Panda joins the Bitcoin spot ETF line, filing with the SEC today. Now, Panda is a firm out of Texas and this makes application number uh, 13, and they are on the back of the line. So Mr. Gary Gensler, when are we going to get some clarity? When are we going to get these ETFs approved? There are so many just awaiting and he's the only man standing in the way. And quoting the high priest of Bitcoin, the one and only Max Kaiser, Nomics forges a path forward for states who also embrace a Bitcoin standard. It has got radical transparency and accountability, also recognizes the benefits of subsidizing and maintaining the public domain. And if you haven't watched the new uh, interview, well, it's not Necessarily an interview, but it's a speech, Abu bukele. It's very, very powerful. And he's basically saying he's going to be focusing on his new campaign, running for president 2024 of you know in El Salvador, and basically saying that nobody can be crooked within his party because he is clearly a good president, not crooked. He's not taking money or stealing money like a lot of politicians do, and he doesn't want anyone represented in his party to do so either. Otherwise, it would tarnish his image. So he said the attorney general and the forces that be are going to be looking into everybody who is a part of his party because they will not tolerate it. So you got to give respect where respect is due. Shout out to Bukele and the beautiful people of El Salvador. Breaking news, Charlie Munger, the man who infamously called Bitcoin Rat Poison Squared, is officially dead. That's right. He died at age 99. Let's break this down. Check this out. Uh, Here we go. Charlie Munger, the longtime business partner and right-hand man of Warren Buffett and vice chairman of the multinational holding company, Berkshire Hathaway, died at the age of 99. And what's ironic, he would have been 100 Just in like another month in January, the company announced uh, just that was yesterday. Munger's uh, proclamations, much like uh, Buffett's, were often eminently quotable takedowns of bad investments and few assets raised his eerie like Bitcoin, quoting him here. I think it's rat poison, he famously said all the way back in 2013 when Bitcoin was worth one hundred and fifty bucks. And when asked to revisit his comments five years later, when Bitcoin was trading at nine thousand, he said it is more more expensive rat poison. And when pressed on the returns some Bitcoin investors were able to make, he called them idiot booms that harm the United States. Now, we all know he was like one of the biggest, if not the biggest uh, Bitcoin troll. Berkshire Hathaway annual meetings were often called Woodstock for capitalists, and putting Munger and Buffett on stage was a top draw. And asking about crypto was a reliable way to get them to use colorful language. That's right, quoting him here. In my life, I try to avoid things that are stupid and evil and maybe look bad in comparison with somebody else. He said in 2018, Bitcoin does all three. Shout out to Lee. I greatly appreciate that super chat. Let me read your comment out loud. Bitcoin Maxi here, dollar cost averaging since 2017, but everyone knows about Bitcoin, so I've been spreading the word about Jesus Coin. God bless your family, friends, mods, and subs. Thank you, fam. I greatly appreciate you supporting the channel. Much love, much respect. Back to Munger, quitting him again. It's stupid because it is very likely to go to zero. (laughs) It's evil because it undermines the Federal Reserve System. That is the most hilarious comment I have ever heard. And third, it makes us look foolish compared to the communist leader in China. What's up with that? Now, uh, Xi Jinping was smart enough to ban Bitcoin in China. We're a lot dumber, said Charlie Munger. I mean, you got to laugh at all this at the end of the day. Three years later, Munger was still uh, fuming. Quoting him again, I just think the whole damn development is disgusting and contrary to the interests of civilization. He said early 2022, comparing crypto to a venereal disease, deeming it beneath. Contempt, For Christ's sake. Now, obviously, you took this personal. Even at 99 years old, he mustered more fiery condemnation at the Daily Journal Corporation or Corporation Annual Meeting earlier in the year, quoting him again. Sometimes I call it crypto crapple. Sometimes I call it, well, crypto ish. He said, going on to use the term a half a dozen times during the course of the conversation, it's ridiculous that anyone would buy this stuff. It is asinine. It is not slightly stupid. It's massively stupid. It's very dangerous. The governments were totally wrong to permit it. I am not proud of my country for allowing this crypto-ish. It's worthless. It's no good. It's crazy. It'll do nothing but harm. Now, very interesting. It's not that the government permitted it. It's because the government can't stop it. It's free speech. It's protected by our First Amendment right. Just saying. Now, while Munger's attacks ruffled crypto backers, his candor was lost a long part of Berkshire's polsky public image. He worked alongside Buffett for decades, offering investment wisdom almost as quotable as the Oracle of Omaha himself. Berkshire Hathaway said Munger died peacefully in a California hospital. Buffett paid tribute to Munger's inspiration, wisdom, and participation in building Berkshire into a conglomerate it is Today. So there you have it. What are your thoughts on the passing of Charlie Munger? Are you gonna miss him? Are you gonna miss his rants against Bitcoin? Are you glad he perished? I'm just curious, whatever your thoughts are. I'll read them out loud. Appreciate it. But anyways, fam, let's dive into our next story of the day now that we broke down the latest with Munger passing. Let's discuss this new decentralized mining project with Jack Dorsey. And I saw some pictures with Jack and Max and Stacy just the other day. So let's break down the latest of what's going on here. Twitter co-founder and Bitcoin advocate Jack Dorsey is back in a new Bitcoin mining pool to help the miners regain control of the block rewards and transaction fees. Dorsey led a 6.2 million seed round for Mamolin, the parent company of the new decentralized Bitcoin mining pool called Ocean, according to the announcement today, November 29th. The seed funding will support the launch of Ocean, which is designed to decentralize and reshape the process of Bitcoin mining. The mining pool specifically aims to provide more mining process transparency and enable the miners to receive block rewards directly from Bitcoin rather than from the Bitcoin mining pools. Interesting. Now, Luke Desheer, uh, Mummelin's co-founder and longtime Bitcoin Core developer, believes that the role of the mining pools must change for Bitcoin to exist as a truly decentralized Currency. Quitting him here. Ocean is a new type of pool that enables the miners to be truly miners again. We are launching at the most transparent pool and also the only non custodial pool where miners are the recipients of the new block rewards directly from Bitcoin. Now, Mummelin co founder and president Mark. Art to stressed that traditional Bitcoin mining pools take exclusive custody of the block rewards and the transaction fees before distributing them amongst the miners. This gives them the ability to withhold payment from individual miners, whether by their own choice or by legal requirement. And quoting him again, Ocean's non-custodial payouts directly to the miners from the block reward remove this risk and the pool's undue influence over the miners. So committed ocean supporters uh, of Dorsey, they're confident that the platform will solve the problem of further centralization of pools and mining pools that could plague BTC. Quoting him here, when I see a project that is good for Bitcoin broadly, and that's also good for me and my companies personally, it becomes a simple decision for me and I am happy to be a part of it. So there you have it. The launch of Ocean was announced at the Future of the Bitcoin Mining Conference in the shadows of barefoot mining's 150-year-old hydroelectric dam in the rural South Carolina. Now barefoot mining, the first client of Ocean, has fully repurposed the dam, converting excess energy to Bitcoin mining at scale. Now, Ocean's launch comes 139 days before Bitcoin's fourth halving, expected to occur April 17th, 2024, roughly five months out. Cannot wait. After the halving, the current six and a quarter mining reward per block will drop to 3.125 BTC, significantly decreasing the incentives, for the Bitcoin miners. So there you have it. What are your thoughts on this decentralized mining project with Jack Dorsey? And how many of you have any experience mining Bitcoin? Please do let me know, fam. And are you pretty ecstatic for the halving? How many of you, this will be your very first halving? Is this going to be your second, third, fourth halving? Please do let me know. And with that being shared, let's break down the latest of what's happening with these Bitcoin ETFs, shall we? Uh, Apparently, we got the green light to go in January. So let's break this down. Bitcoin spot exchange traded funds in the United States now have the clear runway to potential simultaneous approvals after an advanced decision to delay the bids of Franklin Templeton and Hashtag ETFs, according to analysts, in a November 28th, Post-Bloomberg ETF analyst James Safart said the US SEC delayed its decision on the applications 34 days earlier than January 1st, 2024 decision deadline. The SEC requested comments on forms by Franklin Templeton and hashtags that are necessary for the ETFs to eventually be listed to begin trading. The comment and rebuttal period will last for 35 days. Now, Safart and his colleague Eric Balchunez place 90% odds on spot Bitcoin ETF approvals by January 10th, 2024. What is that? Roughly 45 days out. So mark that date in your calendar, fam. And the twin delays all but confirms for me that this was likely a move to line every applicant for potential approval by the January 10th, 2024 deadline. According to the expert himself, now Balchunas agreed, posting to X that the SEC was probably looking to get them out of the way, clearing the runway. Quitting him here. Update, wow. The SEC went super early on Franklin. They weren't due for another decision until January 1st. Notably, Franklin is the only issuer who didn't submit an updated S1 yet. Wonder if that will have any impact here. And you can see the second deadline being January 1st of 2024 for Franklin. Now, uh, scrolling down a little bit more, he also said probably looking to get them out of the way to specifically to clear the runway. And commercial litigator Joe Carlosar thinks the delays increase the probability of a March 2024 approval as the comment period for Franklin's ETF bid was extended till January 3rd of next year. And the SEC typically takes a maximum of three weeks to review the comments. Quitting Joe here next, the Franklin Bitcoin spot ETF comment period now extends until January January 3rd. The SEC typically reviews comments for at least two to three weeks. Therefore, although it's not guaranteed, this increases the probability of a March approval. January is still likely the favorite, though. So there you have it. Let me know in the live chat. There is a live poll right now. When do you feel we get the green light for the ETF approvals? Please do let me know. Cast your vote. Now, January is still his favorite, later estimating it to happen January 5th, or the 8th. Now on November 28th, Franklin also submitted an updated form S1 for its ETF, a document registering their securities with the SEC. And after Safeheart had earlier highlighted, it was the only bidder yet to submit an updated prospectus. And reacting to the filing, Balchuna said he is in favor of letting all the ETFs launch simultaneously. It seems kind of unfair that Franklin might be allowed to launch its ETF the same day as other providers, despite submitting the form, Months later, and he makes a great point there, so let me know your thoughts. He also shared, while I'm generally in favor of letting them launch at the same time, Franklin jumped in so late versus these others, like five months after ARC filed, yet they may be able to launch the same day. Seems unfair. Now there's currently... Now officially 13, because there was a new one just added today, as I shared with you earlier, Uh, ETFs sitting on the desk of the chairman, Gary Gensler, including bids from Grayscale and BlackRock. Most have final decision dates in March besides ARK's invest bid with the SEC, which must approve or deny by January 10th of 2024. So there you have it. My crypto fam, when do you feel they're likely to give us the green light? When do you think the ETFs will finally launch? And how do you think this will likely impact the Bitcoin? price action. Let's now dive into our next story of the day. We discussed the spot ETFs in the United States. Now let's discuss the spot ETFs in Brazil, shall we? Check this out. Spot Bitcoin ETFs have almost 100 million already in assets under management in Brazil, led by Hashdex. Let's go. As investors continue to await the approval of the spot ETF in the United States, a check of Brazil finds hefty demand for such vehicles, which have been trading in the country for more than two years. Together, those ETFs have 90%. $96.8 million of assets under management as of November 21st, led by Hashdex's NASDAQ Bitcoin reference price, FDI, with $57.8 million as of November 21st, or a market share of roughly 60%. And at comparison, the largest ETF in the nation, iShares, has $2.41 billion in assets under management and is the second largest. The iShares small cap has $1.19 billion, and for reference, the largest U.S. ETF has roughly 430 billion in assets under management. So according to Marcelo, the CEO and founder of Hashdex, the success of Bitcoin's ETFs in Brazil is a result of the pro-market digital asset regulation and growing interest from large institutions for said products. Quoting them here, there is a growing positive sentiment across the most sophisticated investors, and we have been seeing increasing interest from some of the largest institutions, whether they be either allocating or considering adding crypto soon to their portfolios, said Sam Xiao in an interview with Coindesk. Hashtag Spot Bitcoin ETF started trading August 1st of 2021. Like, whoa, they've had a spot for that long. Crazy. I mean, Gary, clearly you're doing something wrong, bro. Just saying. Hashtag also offers a crypto index ETF that includes Bitcoin, Ethereum and other cryptos and which garners a lot more investment than the spot. Bitcoin ETF now combined Hashdex's crypto-related ETF assets under management is currently sitting at roughly 500 million dollars. That's half a billion. Hashdex is also amongst those with outstanding applications for spot Bitcoin ETFs with the U.S. SEC. The agency, as it's done with other applicants as of late, last week delayed any decision on the Hashdex filing. Other spot Bitcoin ETF providers in Brazil include Itau, the asset management which teamed up with Mike Novogratz's Galaxy Digital to launch a fund last year, and an offering from QR Capital, which launched in 2021, has $36 million in asset under management, according to the data from Hashdex. There has traditionally been a lot of interest in crypto ETFs from the Brazilian public, said Silva, a managing partner of Tagus Capital, and the number of investors in digital asset ETFs will only continue to grow. That's right, Let's go. There are about 4 million investors with accounts at the B3 Stock Exchange in Brazil, and around 700,000 of these invest in ETFs. About one third of those investors allocated funds to crypto ETFs just last year. So, a reason for a strong appetite in ETF investing in Brazil might be due to the low fees. According to Silva, ETF fees in Brazil range from a half a percent to one and a half percent, which is considerably uh, low compared to the other products in the market. So there you have it my crypto fam, Brazil, let's go. Do you think Brazil can potentially adopt Bitcoin as a legal tender? Let me know your thoughts as there has been a lot of talk about that. But now let's break down our feature story of the day. Billionaire investor, Peter Thiel, and one of the original PayPal founders. He predicts Bitcoin to 100X to $4 million per coin. In fact, he was one of the keynote speakers at the Bitcoin Miami conference in 2022. How many of you were at that conference? I was there with My brother. It was pretty lit. There was probably over 20,000 people in the audience. We had a lot of Bitcoin influencers there. You even had Serena Williams, Francis Nanganyu. You name it. It was pretty awesome, to say the least. But anyways, let's break down this major story. And then I'm going to be sharing a little bonus prediction from you from Michael Saylor, predicting Bitcoin reaching $5 million per coin. And if we have time, I'll even throw in a little Kathy Wood update a prediction as well about Bitcoin hitting $1.48 million per coin, which is her bullish uh, scenario. But first and foremost, billionaire PayPal co-founder Peter Thiel shared the list of enemies stopping Bitcoin from rising. 100x. This was last year while speaking at the Bitcoin 2022 conference of Miami, Florida. Quoting him here, the enemy's list is a list of people who I think are stopping Bitcoin. There is a lot of them. They tend to have nameless, faceless, bureaucratic perspectives, which of course is one of the ways in which they hide. Now check it. He said, we are going to try to expose them and realize that this is sort of what we have to fight for, for Bitcoin to go up. 10x or 100x from here. Now, FYI, at the time he gave the speech, Bitcoin was hovering just above 40,000, probably close to the $42,000 level. So 100x from the time he made the prediction would mean a $4 million plus Bitcoin price action. Now, the central banks are going bankrupt. We're at the end of the fiat money regime. Preach. The first person on the list is Berkshire Hathaway CEO Warren Buffett. Phil put up a picture of Buffett with two of his most famous quotes about Bitcoin, rat poison, and I don't own any and I never will. Uh, He opined, I think the sociopathic grandpa of Omaha, that's the best name, by the way, is perhaps the most honest and most direct in it. Thiel further noted Buffett has a bias that makes him long on the fiat money system and money managers who follow Berkshire Hathaway's executive advice will pretend it's complicated to invest into Bitcoin. Now, the next person on the list of Bitcoin enemies is the infamous JP Morgan Chase CEO, Jamie the Tapeworm Diamond. They'll put Diamond's picture up with the following quote: I don't call them cryptocurrencies, I call them crypto tokens because currencies have rules of law behind them, central banks and tax with authorities. Now, uh Jamie Diamond also once called Bitcoin a pet rock and threatened any of his employees at JP Morgan uh, would be fired for trading Bitcoin. And that same week he was purchasing over 400 million worth of Bitcoin for his trading desk. So listen to none of these fools. They know what's up. They understand the power of Bitcoin, but they're just here to deceive you. The next picture he put up, you may find this interesting, is the BlackRock CEO, Mr. Lawrence, a.k.a. Larry Fink, with the following quote, I see huge opportunities in a digitized crypto blockchain related currency, and that's where I think this is going. Now, interestingly enough, Larry Fink is the CEO of the largest asset manager in the world, BlackRock. He once called Bitcoin an end Index for money laundering. He was heavily anti-Bitcoin and anti-crypto, but now he has changed his stance, complete 180, embracing Bitcoin and looking to launch their own spot Bitcoin ETF, as well as an Ethereum ETF. Now, next up, here's what he shared. The PayPal co-founder added that Fink's quote is somewhat representative of the whole genre of Bitcoin attacks that need further context, stating that pro-blockchain is an anti-Bitcoin term, very typically. Phil then brought up environmental social, and governance standards elaborating. The label they've come up with, and perhaps the real enemy enemy is ESG. I think that ESG is just a hate factory. We all know they were pumping that massive FUD. Even Elon was buying into this narrative, right? Would stop accepting Bitcoin payments to buy Teslas, right? He stressed, you can always ask the questions. What's the difference between ESG and CCP, the Chinese Communist Party? When you think ESG, you should be thinking CCP. So much respect to Theo for calling them out on this. You gotta have balls. It is the finance gentocracy that runs the country through whatever silly virtual signaling hate factory to them, like ESG, that they have, the billionaire concluded. This is is what I would call and what you have to think of as a revolutionary youth movement. And we have to just go out from this conference and take over the world. So there you have it. Now, I must also share Peter Thiel dumped the majority of his Bitcoin position at the height roughly at around the time of the conference, because that's what I read. So I just wanted to share that to be 100% transparent. Now for Michael Saylor. Saylor revealed three catalysts recently, which will take the Bitcoin price, to $5 million per coin. Here are the three catalysts. Spot Bitcoin ETF approval, which is inevitable. Again, 90% likelihood we get the approval in January. Then number two, banks custody and lend against Bitcoin as collateral, which we all know is coming soon. And number three, fair value accounting rules, which have already been approved. So there you have it, this alone, those three factors can send Bitcoin to 5 million per coin. But let's dive down a little deeper, uh, quoting Michael Saylor from an interview I transcribed and shared here on X that got a lot of retweets and a lot of love, so I think you guys will like it. I think there are only three things relevant right now, and here are those three things. The having is coming with 100% certainty, facts. And as far as I can see, most of the selling of Bitcoin in the market is the Bitcoin miners that have to sell, in order to pay their electricity bills and pay their debt expenses, as well as their operating expenses. So that amount of selling pressure is going to be cut in half in a few months. So we know that's coming. And then we know there's a spot Bitcoin ETF coming. And when that comes, we plug into Wall Street and the entire banking system. And then finally, the fair value accounting is coming. And when that happens, the objective will all go away. Now you're going to introduce this as a conversation into hundreds of boardrooms. They will not move in a week, they move quarterly, but over the course of 12 quarters, you'll start to see company after company looking at this and you'll start to see a reallocation of assets. At the end of the day, corporations only hold two assets. They hold cash and they hold bonds. And so if Bitcoin is available as an asset, para pursue to a bond, then you'll see a reallocation from bonds and into Bitcoin. And then in the institutional investor side, you've got all these people holding real estate, holding commodities, holding gold, holding ETF and SPF, P indexes, the like. And if so, we start to reallocate and they will 1%, 2%, and then 5%. Then you're going to have something that has never happened in the history of the world, which is you got an ETF on a commodity that is scarce. Every other ETF in the world is on an asset that is not scarce. It's inflationary. Facts. You can go to make more buildings. You can make more real estate. You can make more gold. You can make more commodities. You can make $4 billion worth of any of those things. The underlying producers produce more of the asset set or deflate or to depreciate the price. But with Bitcoin, with $100 billion of flows into the Bitcoin spot, ETF, there won't be any ability for any producer to produce any more Bitcoin. And so you really can't compare it to the spot, an ETF of gold, because gold is an inflationary asset. And you can't compare it to an ETFs on real estate or on bonds or on equity. You really have to say, this is the first time we've ever plugged Wall Street into an asset you cannot produce any more of. That's right. This will actually represent true price discovery in an ETF market for the first time in human history. And this is such a big deal. That's why we're entering unprecedented times, fam. And so nobody knows what will happen except that if the reason from first principles, you know that it's actually going to perform better than all the other asset ETS because the underlying fundamentals are just better. But let me lay out three possible ways to invest into Bitcoin. One, if you buy Bitcoin, the underlying asset, which is what most of us do, we self-custody our crypto. That's, you know, no-brainer. The second, you buy the spot ETF. Or the third, you buy MicroStrategy. Okay, we talked about the headaches of buying Bitcoin, the underlying asset. You can do it on a crypto exchange. You can put the place of parallel custody, compliance, compensation, control systems, so that the challenge of that... But the closest thing and the most compelling idea for a plain vanilla Bitcoin investment of an institutional investor is to buy the spot ETF. You'll be getting one-to-one correlation, meaning they actually have to hold on their balance sheet, the Bitcoin, as an underlying asset. Whereas with futures markets, they don't hold any of the Bitcoin. It's all paper derivatives, weapons of mass destruction, just saying. So for 1 million, you're getting in the 1 million range of Bitcoin. What's the positive? It's marginal, it's good collateral. I can buy in a second with no money down. I don't need to build the parallel custody control compensation system. So all of my problems are handled by Wall Street. What's the cost? That's 50 to 100 basis points, Per year, okay? So if I charge you 1% per year over the course of 20 years or over the course of your lifetime, it kind of means I take 20% of the money you invested at 1%. So do note that if you invest for the long haul into a spot ETF, over the long haul, they're taking 20% of your investment. That's a lot, right? Now there is a cost 50 basis points means I get 10% of your money, approximately. But having said it all, I would pay you 50 to 100 basis points in order to be plugged into Wall Street. It's not a problem. It's a lot better than the alternative, which is to rebuild all their systems and then finance themselves. So, MicroStrategy is not that. MicroStrategy, you can think of as a levered long Bitcoin company that pays you a yield. Listen up. Okay, so I'm not gonna call it an ETF because we're not a financial company, but we have $4.4 billion plus of Bitcoin and 2 billion plus worth of debt. Shout out to zero. I appreciate that Super Chat fam, much love. So what we have done is we have levered the balance sheet with debt that costs us about 1.5% of interest. So MicroStrategy takes advantage of its positions as an operating company to do something that an ETF Cannot do. An ETF can't issue junk bonds. An ETF can't issue convertible bonds. An ETF can't do like an ATM like we could do. And an ETF can't buy Bitcoin with cash flows. We have a lot of flexibility as an operating company and we don't charge that fee. We have four and a half billion of Bitcoin, but we don't charge 45 million per year. So the real idea here is what if I created an investment vehicle that paid you a yield instead of charging you a fee? Well, that's the possibility with MicroStrategy. And what if I I was able to borrow money at 1.5% interest. I borrowed a billion dollars at 0% interest and bought Bitcoin with it. Hey, how do we get the Michael Saylor deal? How do we borrow a billion dollars at 0% interest and just buy all the Bitcoin in the world? I want that deal. Wouldn't you guys? Let me know. Let's give you a theoretical. If you get a 2% yield instead of paying a 1% fee, it's a 60% difference over the lifetime of your asset. So if you have a billion dollars invested and you're getting a 2% yield, you're actually picking up 20 million a year instead of paying 10 million a year. So the dynamic of the company is very important. So you can imagine that if I don't charge you a fee and if I don't have cheap leverage, the stock, the benefit accrues to the common stock shareholders because I went and I borrowed 2.2 billion at one and a half half percent interest, and I bought Bitcoin with it. So what's the logical theoretical yield of Bitcoin? Is it more than one and a half percent a year? Well, Let's say it's 15% a year. Then we're scraping 14% positive yield off of the debt. And so that would be 14% of a billion dollars or more, which is actually 14%, a 2.2 billion. So that would be 300 million a year that accrues to the benefit of the common stock shareholders. You see, this is the benefit of being your operating company. We can every quarter choose what to do. So some quarters we would issue junk bonds. Other quarters, we would issue convertible bonds. Other quarters, we would sell the equity. Other quarters, we just use, our own cash so the answer is there's always going to be a good market and there's always going to be a bad market there are things you should do and there are things you shouldn't do so microstrategy to make a long story short is a bit more complicated than a spot ETF right if you want something plain vanilla and simple that should basically correlate one-to-one to Bitcoin after you pay the fee then you buy the spot ETF but if you wanted to actually try to outperform Bitcoin like micro strategy's outperform Bitcoin our performance over the course of three years is higher than bitcoin's Performance. So, if you want to outperform Bitcoin or outperform the spot ETF, you would do that by creative financings. Like, for example, if our stock trades at a 30% premium and the underlying assets will sell a billion dollars of equity, we'll actually capture 300 million of accretion to our shareholders. So, there you have it, coming directly from Michael Saylor. And don't forget to check out cryptonewsalerts.net for the full premium experience with video and to participate in our live QA. And I look forward to seeing you on Tomorrow's episode. Hoddle.